listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking our 2021 reader resolutions. But first... But first... What are you reading, Bria? <laughs> I'm reading a book that you told me about, so I picked it up. It is a 2020 book, but... um. I just, it just sounded so good that I felt like I wanted to read it, even though I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, only read like backlist books and 2021 books right now, but whatever. I'm still reading 2020 books, apparently. It's called Forget This Ever Happened by Cassandra Rose Clark. Um, You put this on my radar because it all, it's like, it combines a lot of things I love. It takes place in Texas in the 90s and it's got Mm -hmm. monsters. Um, It's basically about this girl, uh, high school girl who goes to stay with her grandmother um, to take care of her grandmother over the summer. And the town is a little weird and she doesn't want to be there. But then she meets some interesting other girls and there's a, um, some of the relationships are complicated and some are kind of romantic. But then uh, one night she looks out the window and there's a monster in her yard. And her grandmother's right, like, yeah, right, just call the exterminator. Like, that's what you do. So she calls the exterminator and they go get the monster. (laughs) And what you find out is that there are monsters in this this town um, and they are – they have – they are not supposed to come into the city limits. They're supposed to just stay out by the by the plant or whatever. Uh, but the um, like the like a power plant, not like a like a <laughs> like a house plant. <laughs> house plant. Um, and but the weird thing that it, that happens is that once you leave the town city limits, you kind of forget the monsters exist. And oh. also, there's a mystery element to it, so it's really cool. I really liked it. It's it's um it's a book that I was like, I'll just get it from the library, and you know. Uh, if, if I don't have time to read it, whatever, but it's like really drawn me in and it's all I want to read right now. So I definitely love in this book. I'm about a third of the way through. Bria, I'm going to say, I think monster hunting is a new wheelhouse item for you. It kind of depends. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, what I like about this book is that it's not traditional monster hunting. And I love, I actually wrote a pilot not dissimilar from this. And um, it, I like a town with a secret. That is something it's I true. enjoy. A town with a secret is is something I, I love. And this is that. And I think that's maybe what I like is less the monster hunting and more that the whole town is in on the secret. It's tr- oh, so it's kind of like Hex. Kind of like Hex, yes. Um, kind of like, uh, yeah. There's other books like this. Town like- hiding supernatural secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I that. I am into that. Yeah. Um, what, what about you? What are you reading? Uh, so I have taken the baton from you for Sword and Laser. Oh, uh, yes. That's right. I am guest hosting Sword and Laser this month. I'm super excited about it. Me and Tom are going to have a blast. And when he asked me what book I wanted to read, uh, this is actually a book that I had recommended to you because we were when we were trying to figure out when Empire of Wild while by Cherie Dimmeline came out, I saw that she had written another YA book and it was a sci-fi book called The Marrow Thieves. And it's, I was reading it and I was like, oh wow, this is a really Bria book. And then when Tom was like, what book do you want to read? It was the first sci-fi book that had come to mind that I kind of was interested in. And I love it so far. I'm super excited about it. And um, it's, so it's a YA sci-fi book and it's, that takes place uh, in this world where not only is global warming just like, 
completely screwed over the world. But people have also lost their ability to dream, uh, which we've we uh, I think we talked to, talked about this a little bit on the Sword and Laser episode we recorded together. Where there's a quite a few sci-fi books like that, but what's different about this one is that the people in the world that can still dream are the indigenous people of North America, and so all of the rest of the people want to hunt them and uh, and get their bone marrow, which they think is the key to recovering their ability to dream. And there's this teenage boy and his friends, and they are like struggling to survive in this post-apocalyptic world. Like it's really cute. The opening scene is them finding like a bag of Doritos that has like been overlooked and not been looted. And they're like super excited about this bag of Doritos. Um, and they're, of course, you know, one of them, one of the group of companions is like the secret to defeating, you know, the marrow thieves. But it is, it's super fun. It is really well written. It's a, if you're looking for a, a great fast paced book to start 2020, 21. Wow. 20. I'm so used to saying 2020. Uh, great fast paced book to start 2021. Uh, this is fantastic. And you can t- tune into Sword and Laser to listen to me and a friend of the show, Tom Merritt, talk about it. So that is, so I'm reading The Marrow Thieves by Cherie Dimeline. And, and I'm reading Forget This Ever Happened by Cassandra Rose Clark. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We are still getting bookmark feedback. It is incredible. <laughs> Uh, bookmark is bookmarks has has pulled into the lead as the number one thing we're getting feedback about people have opinions about bookmarks uh so jenny writes in i just listened to your episode on bookmarks and i wanted to comment on the kindle bookmark feature i use it to bookmark scenes for rereads mm. often when i reread i don't read the whole book but just skip around in my favorite scenes using bookmarks i think some people highlight passages for the same reason but i find that distracting so bookmark it is i also dog ear pages and books for a similar reason to jump to my favorite bits of writing later. Sophia Samatar's books in particular. To actually mark my place while reading, I just use receipts, bus tickets, some bookmarks I crocheted, etc. Ha ha. This is a really good idea. I do this too. There's sometimes there's, you know, when you're rereading a book, you just want to, you just want to skip to the good stuff because you already know what's coming. So this is a really hot book. This is a hot book tip, I think. I'm actually really curious about this bookmarks I crocheted. Like just, oh, I've seen that on Instagram. They just kind of like skipped over it, but like that is uh, <laughs> like so cool. <laughs> It is a really, really cool idea. It might be too thick for a book, but I, if, if people are bookmark crocheters, please write in and tell us your secrets. So Ashley wrote in and said, I just listened to last week's episode on bookmarks, y'all. Uh, and I have to admit that I also never really saw the point of the bookmark feature on the Kindle, Kindle slash e-readers until about a week ago. When I checked out an e-cookbook from my library for the first time, the bookmark is a is great for flagging recipes I'm interested in, so I remember to go back and try them. Uh, that's awesome. I feel like someone else said something similar. That's how they use they use it is for cookbook stuff. So that's that's a Very really smart way. Smart. I've never checked out um, a cookbook from my from the library, so I'm gonna have to do that because that it seems I like just, that's what yeah. people are doing. It's interesting because one of one of the one of my non reading resolutions for this year is I want to get better at cooking because you know that food is my mortal enemy, and I bought myself a couple cookbooks for christmas but i didn't i've never even thought about getting them from the library yeah that is so double a a double hot book tip Mm -hmm. um do you want to read the beginning of this and i'll read the the wheelhouse sure uh molly (laughs) molly wrote in with with a wheelhouse y'alls hey i'm from alabama enthusiasm and honesty helped bring me out of an almost five-year grad school induced book slump been there here's molly's wheelhouse 
I feel like our our mortal enemy is grad school. Like you and I are out here healing the wounds that grad school has done to people. (laughs) So true. I hope none of my teachers hear that. (laughs) So here's Molly's Wheelhouse is contemporary magical realism, not full fantasy, but quote unquote regular people who happen to be met. happen to be magical or have magical things happen, especially witches and or fairies, uh, post-apocalyptic fiction with a female protagonist, memoirs, Amish romance fiction. Hey. I think this is the second time yeah. we've gotten an Amish, Amish romance fiction wheelhouse. Somebody write in with some recommendations because we are curious. Uh, and the next one is a well-constructed series, especially with the time jump between books. Uh, Jane Austen ad- adjacent books mm. and Southern or other quote unquote coming home stories where a girl leaves small town, fails in the big city, moves home to take over the family bakery, you know, a Hallmark movie and a book. Mm-hmm. Nice. Those are kind of nice. Yeah. I, cozy books are lovely. Quick bookmark for those who listen to our special holiday episode with Adam from Professional Book Nerds. After listening to the episode when he was edit when he was putting it together for us, Sean texted me to say that he made the gross pudding. Sean yeah. made the yeah. uh, It wasn't obviously the exact exact type of pudding they made in a Christmas carol, but I guess it's Sean's like great 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 grandmother's pudding recipe that he has been passed down and he like sent me a picture of the cute little like handwritten recipe and he said it was delicious. So maybe we're I'm wrong about this gross pudding. Man, I don't know. He he texted and he was like, what do people think when you're talking about pudding? A snack pack? And I was like, yeah, a snack pack. Exactly yes. a snack pack. That's what we're thinking about. Yes. That at least for in America, I think when we think about pudding, we think about like a a semi-liquid chocolate thing. Well, you're not thinking of like a bulbous, bulbous mound. (laughs) (laughs) We are not. But Sean sent me a picture of it. It looked really good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, bookmark for me, um, I, uh, my movie that I wrote and directed, 12 Hour Shift, which, um, was on, came out on VOD, it's still on VOD if you want to see it, um, is, uh, out, out on Blu-ray and DVD as of, uh, the time you'll hear this. So if you like physical copies of media, you can get that and I'm going to release a little, by the time this comes out, I may have already released it. I'm trying to find a way that I made commentary, but it's like, I can't put it up on my website because it's too big. So I'm trying to figure out a way that if you want to watch it with commentary, I will have it figured out hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, that you can download it so you can watch it with, with the movie. You can even watch it on VOD. You can like press play on my commentary and like rent the movie and watch my commentary. So, uh, if you love this voice, um, <laughs> if you want a, uh, if you want to feel like you're doing your own podcast with Bria while you're watching Twelve Hour Shift, which is one of my favorite movies of 2020, by yes. the way, it, highly recommended, folks. It is so good. It's real bonkers. If you're looking for an escape and want something really, really wild, it is a real bonkers movie. I was talking to someone about it the other day, and I was some some other movie project I'm working on, and they, I was like, I don't know, is that too weird? And they were like. You made a movie about nurses stealing organs in the 90s. I was like, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I forgot. What's funny, we've actually got a bunch of um, Reading Glasses feedback from people, from nurses who watched it and said that it was fantastic. So. I love that feedback. I'm glad. When I was shooting it, I was really worried about it, and I kept asking nurses, and I'm like, am I being too broad? Is this too wild? And they always said no, so they, they liked it while I was <laughs> shooting it. There's a lot of nurses, actual nurses in the movie because uh, they're all in the background because we shot in a working hospital. You can learn all of this on the on the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if this sounds good to you, buy 12-Hour Shift, download Bria's commentary, 
Super awesome. Uh, so we can, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about our 2021 reader plans, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor's probiotic grooming products are a scientifically proven natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. And who do we know? What dog do we know that has skin problems? <laughs> yeah. So as listeners might know, I have a, a very adorable, sweet dog named Birthday Party who I adopted a few years ago and is a senior. And she has a lot of skin problems. It's something we work on constantly. She is on allergy medication. She has so many skin problems. And I... I will say that, like, we got sent this, and I was like, well, I already have a shampoo I use that I trust, and I was very wary. Mallory can attest. I was not sure. But then I washed birthday with Scouts Honor, and (laughs) my partner said to me, wow, I think this this is the first time this dog has actually smelled good. (laughs) It has great great smells. It seems to work really well with her coat. Um, And it has this – not only do they have – Really, really great uh, uh, shampoos. They also have a detangler and they have a spray. It's a prebiotic spray and you spray them and they smell better and it helps with her skin problems. I have really enjoyed Scouts Honor. I have to say, like, it smells amazing. They're an incredible company. Um, they have products that help with itch relief, odor control, and an overall healthier skin and coat. doesn't matter what your dog or cat has. Even if your dog or cat doesn't have skin problems and you're just looking for a new pet shampoo uh, because yours isn't particularly working out or you're not impressed with, try Scouts Honor. So to receive 20% off your first order, go to scoutshonor.com slash glasses. That's scouts with a K. It's scoutshonor.com slash glasses for 20% off. Natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. Birthday party approved. Scouts Honor with a K, 20% off your first order. So that's scoutshonor.com slash glasses. 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 Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Together we're The Flophouse. A podcast where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Movies like Space Hobos, Into the Outer Reaches of the Unknown and the Things That We Don't Know, the movie, and also, who's that grandma? Zazzle Zippers, Breakdown 2, and Backhanded Compliment. Elvis is a Policeman. Baby Crocodile and the Happy Twins. Leftover Potatoes? Station Wagon 3. Herbie Goes to Hell. New episodes available every other Saturday. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. This week, Happy New Year. Wow. We made it. We made it through 2020. Uh, So we hope that you're all staying safe and taking care of yourselves. And it is time to talk about our reader resolutions for 2021. Mm -hmm. Bria, did you accomplish your reader goals for 2020? Well, it's funny because I texted you and I was like, we should talk about our resolutions because this has been such a weird year. I was like, did I have resolutions? And I was like, oh, I did. I had them and I did do them. (laughs) It's hard. It was just remembering so long ago. 
remembering the beginning of 2020 feels like remembering like a decade ago. Right. I mean, about halfway through the year, I looked through, I make like a goal list, goal list every year. And I looked through my goal list and I was like, this shit ain't happening. Like, I can't do all this shit this year. <laughs> uh, so I had to redo my goal list in, in mid year. Um, but my readers resolutions, my reading resolutions, I did do. I had two major goals. Um, uh, one was to read three poetry books. I did. It was such a nice change of pace for me. It was one ended up being my favorite book of the year. You can't kill me twice by Charlene Yee. Um, uh, I learned about what I like in poetry, which we discussed a lot on the show. I like a poetry book with pictures. <laughs> um, you like an, a, po- a poetry author who self illustrates their books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't ever read poetry, although I'm going to have to this year because we put that on the <laughs> reading glasses challenge. Um, the second thing I want to do is talk more about books on my social media. Cause I felt like I didn't do that. And I felt like my social media really is geared more towards, um, like filmmaking and the movies and stuff like that. And I was like, but anytime I talk about books, I get such nice feedback and people are like, Oh, I like that book or I haven't read that book. And so it, it felt important to me to like use the platform to talk about books that I was reading that I liked. And so I did that. I, I already talked about this, but I just basically made a little Insta story thing that was like books of 2020 and um, uh, just kept up with my favorite books of 2020. So you can always go back. What do you call those? They're like permanent Insta stories or something. I think they're called highlights. Highlights. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That is yes, what they're called. Yes, because I'm stealing your idea and trying yeah, to do the same thing. <laughs> it works out really well. And you know what? I like it when I can see it on other people's because then I go and I'm like, what have they been reading? Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that. And I'm kind of excited to go back and see that over multiple years. That's a habit I think I'm going to keep. Um, my big thing about resolutions, I think you probably know this about me, is that I I will do them. But then I do a lot of assessing about whether or not they are worth keeping as a resolution. Uh, and, and that's when I felt like I was like, oh, I like this. I like that I can go back through it. I like that other people can go through it. Um, will I continue to read three poetry books a year? Probably not, but I think I'll probably pick up one a year ish. Um, definitely one this year, but, uh, maybe, maybe more if people give me more, you know, or recommend more to me. Um, if you want to buy Bria poetry books, we can put some on our wish list. (laughs) Oh yeah. I would love to actually, we just discussed this, that we should put books on our wish list because there's books that we want. And then we're like, uh, why don't we could just, I'm sure glassers would like to buy that for us. Uh, Mallory, what about you? Um, did you keep your goals for 2020 reader related goals? I sure did because I didn't fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I just, you know, the, several years running now, I just wanted to read more diversely. It's been my yearly reader goal for, I think, every year since we've started the show. And what's nice about it is I feel like that that goal has gotten, has like matured and gotten to the point where that everyone wants their New Year's resolutions to be where it's just a habit now. Yeah. Like it's no longer a resolution. It's just a natural part of my, um, my reading life is I'm always looking for more diverse books by more diverse authors. So I'm really happy about that. And it's, you know, that's the goal of se- setting resolutions, right? Is to just make good habits and changes. That's why I always get worried about doing, setting a New Year's resolution because, you know, you want it to be something that is sustainable and repeatable and not just like something that you do one year. So I think uh, I think I've been successful at that. And now it's just like it's like unlocking 
a different vision, you know, whenever mm-hmm. I'm like, if I'm in a bookstore, which I never am anymore because we're still in lockdown here in Los Angeles. But when I, whenever I'm like checking audiobooks out from Libby or shopping um, on Skylight Books website, which is on my local indie, like I'm just always cognizant of um, making sure that I'm not just buying books by white authors or straight authors or um, male authors, you know. Bria, are you setting reader goals or making reader resolutions for this year? You know, it's interesting. This is off topic, but I think that it's funny. Our personalities like show in our resolutions a little bit because I think I'm very much a person who likes to dip my toe in. I'm like, is this something that works for my life? I don't know if it does. And I'm very (laughs) like, but I feel like when you do a resolution, when you do something, you do it like full hog. You know, like you like, it's so true. Like you dive in headfirst to the deep end where I'm like, I have to like tiptoe through the shallow for a while with my hands up and my hair out of the water. You know, like I'm like, I'm not sure. And I'm the five year old boy that does a cannonball. You cannonball in and and like you have no idea what's at the bottom. Yep. That is a hundred percent. It's a lot about our personalities. Um, All right. Sorry. What did you ask me? So what are are you setting reader, reader goals, goals or, re, or resolutions this year? Yeah. Well, I set resolutions every year, but here's my reading ones. Um, uh, I'm setting two, uh, and one is more reading adjacent. But um, this year, I'd like to complete the Reading Glasses 2021 Challenge. That's one of my awesome. goals. I know that's not <laughs> – that seems obvious. But, you know, it's been a weird fucking year. We may be in it again. I'm like, I got to really think about this. Um, and Well, and I think we pushed ourselves a little even further than we did last year, mm-hmm. uh, like outside of our normal reading zones for the 2021 challenge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the first one. And then the second one is um, reading related like I feel about my Instagram, I feel like the Reading Glasses Instagram is a nice community, but it's one that, I mean, it's interesting when you start a podcast, you never know what's going to take off, what you're going to need to be doing. And uh, it's funny, we're really active, I think, on the Slack and we're not as active on our Instagram. And so I'm trying to, Mallory knows, like, make sure we're posting and using it as a platform for good, um, reposting people in the community that are posting stuff and tagging us and stuff so that they can, other people can meet people in the community on Instagram if you're not on the Slack, like just trying to create that and use that as more of a community space um, uh, and, and use it as like a good platform to recommend books and stuff. Um, so that's my, that's my, uh, yeah, my goal of, of two goals. One is kind of like more business related and community it's, related. It's bookish though. It's bookish. I think that's, it's still reader related. Yeah. Because we're, you're connecting with other readers and you're, I mean, part of what makes reading glasses work is that we navigate the space as readers ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I I mean, and that's an interesting, I don't know. It'd be, I think it's an interesting way to go into 2021. Um, what about you? Goals? 2021? (laughs) Not a fucking thing. (laughs) Well, sort of. So one of, one of the most surprisingly good things that came out of 2020 is that I really feel like I got connected uh, to, I got reading connected with relaxing again. Mm. I mean, you know me, I am a very much a type A, hyper-organized person. It's very, very easy for me to fall into like an unhealthy cycle of making everything about progress and accomplishment. Something that really rocked my world is that a while ago in therapy, I was talking about how, um, with my therapist about how, you know, reading... Uh, is like my favorite form of leisure. And he was like, yeah, Mallory, because it feels like you're still doing, you're still getting something done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, you are right. Um, 
So what I realized is that setting number goals for myself was making me stressed out and causing me to read through books I might not, no, I might normally want to put down. But if I got halfway through a book and I didn't like it, I'd be, it was the sunk cost fallacy. Like I was right. like, oh, but I've, I really want to read X amount of books a year and I've already gotten so far into this book, I might as well just get through it. Uh, and what happened when I, when I took off, took away all those goals and like thinking about numbers and anything is I read more books in 2020 than I did the previous year. And I also read more books that I like. So I want to keep doing that. I want to keep reading fun. I think we're about to, you know, talk about advice and, and helping people set reader goals. And I think it's really important to know what kind of person you are. And for, at least for me, as a person who is like, you give me a list, a chart, a spread sheet something to do and I will attack it and it's actually harder for me to learn how to relax and reading is something that's so important to me and I want to I, I don't want it to be connected to anything stressful I just want it to be fun and um, so I'm gonna just not set any goals except for get better I think my weird goal is to not set goals if that makes sense yeah I think that totally makes sense I think that's good for you <laughs> <laughs> but so for some people it isn't so Bria what is your advice about setting New Year's reader goals yeah I mean I think we might have opposite advice uh, about this if you're not a, a Mallory um, uh so I, I would give advice the same way I give on any goals. I'm actually big on setting goals. I think, I mean, because obviously, yes, I am a person who likes to check things off of a list, et cetera. But I, it took me a long time to learn that about myself. I didn't know that for, you know, probably till I was like in my thirties. Um, and, um, we're both very goal oriented. I, I think it does come naturally. I just didn't realize it. But for many years, I would um, – I have, like, my goal book for every year. Like, I, I've had the same – I have the same journal for that for the last, like, 10 years or something. And a lot of times they were very vague, my New Year's resolutions. Like, my – it would be, like, be a better actor or, like, read more. And it's, like, there's no <laughs> way for me to quantify that. And what you measure – changes, I find, or at least you're able to track it. And once I started being concrete, um, I was actually able to achieve things. And I know checking things off makes me happy. So I may as well go ahead and achieve things. That's what I want to be doing. So I can't really measure if I'm like a better actor or if I'm reading, I guess I could measure like reading more, but, um, but I can measure like go to an acting class every month. Um, or I can measure read 15 books, you know, something like that. Um, so I think, that's my advice to people is that like, if you're like, I want to read, I want to meet as many books from people of color as I do from white people. I want to read as many books from men as by, as by women, you know, like some, something like that. Or I want to read, you know, um, you know, whatever, whatever the concrete thing is. I think that super helps when it comes to like creating goals and then feeling like you achieved them. And then I think at the end, like, did this help you? Did reading 15 books this year help you or did it make you feel stressed out? If it didn't make you happier overall, then you can go back and assess that and like be like, oh, you know what? This didn't help. Counting my books. I, as Mallory knows, I never count how many books I read this year. I have no idea how many books I read. Um, and I don't care. Like that's never been like a goal of mine. It's more just like, oh, like last year, I was like, I don't read poetry. And like, why not? Like, that's something that seems like it would enrich my life. And it did. So, I mean, what would enrich your life as opposed to like, I don't know, taking a, like setting a concrete goal and then assessing how you felt about the goal once you have achieved it? Or if you're in the middle of trying to achieve that goal and you're like, this goal's stupid, then you throw that shit out. It's not worth it. Like, there's no <laughs> reason for you to have to finish something just because you said you would. So, um, 
that's kind of vague, but that is, that's what I think when it comes to goal setting in general. And putting your goals somewhere where you can see them is a big thing. For me, I look at my goals twice a week and my goals are mostly like career shit, but it's also like, I want (laughs) to, I'll give the the glassers a little insight. I want to try to do 50 pushups this year in a row. I want to be able to do 50 50 pushups. Wow. Um, which is a ton of push-ups, uh, and I've hurt my shoulders, so I can't even start yet. So, <laughs> um, but I'm, but that's a lot for me as a person who has very little upper arm strength <laughs> and uh, and not the strongest that's core, core cool. in the world. So that's on my list, but I have to look at it every twice a week, and I'm like, all oh, right, fifty push-ups. I got to start working on that, you know. And like thinking about that every day, it really helps you if you have it somewhere visual. Um, what about you? What advice do you have for people who are setting reading, reader goals? Uh, well, I, I actually think my advice sort of dovetails with yours because I, I think I think it's very common to overlook the actual goal part of setting New Year's resolutions. I think it's easy this time of year to feel like you need to set goals mm. or make resolutions because you, know, especially you know, you're looking on Instagram and everyone's posting their cute little bullet journals and like. Although like it, less this year, don't you think? Like this year has been like a weird one where I feel like people are like, I ain't changing yeah. shit. <laughs> like like yes. everyone is not down, well, which I'm like, that's fine. It's true. Although I think there's, there are a lot of people maybe who felt like, oh, well, I just, you know, I barely went outside in 2020. And I think there's some people who have a increased sense of like, oh, I want to do something because, you know, we, I think it was a huge shock for a lot of folks who, you know, for years be like, oh, if I just had the time to do this one thing, I would learn how to play the guitar. I learn a new language. And then we were all stuck inside for an entire year. And most of us didn't do those things mm-hmm. because we, it wasn't like a fun leisurely time being in quarantine. It was a stressed out. Uh, no, um, we were managing. We were all managing like like group trauma. So yes. it, was, it was not the time. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, oh, okay. Well, 2021 is good. There's there's definitely a pervading overall sense that oh, 2021 is going to be different and things mm. are going to be better and I'm going to do this. And I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in like wanting to do stuff like that, especially in the reader community, especially on Bookstagram. Uh, people are setting and on Goodreads, people are setting the amount of books they want to read. And I think it's easy for folks to be like, oh yeah, I want to read this many books or I want to do this or I want to do that. And I think it's really important to figure out why you're setting them in the first place for, you know, for reader resolutions. Like what is your ultimate goal? Do you want to read more diversely? You want to read more? You want to read more of a certain kind of genre? Why? You know, I think it's very easy to get stressed out about a random benchmark that you have set for yourself. And I just want listeners to make sure that the resolution they're setting ultimately ends up in a happier you, you know, I don't think, you know, when I, the years where I set number goals for myself, I don't think reading 200 books a year was making me a happier person. Mm. I don't like last year might've been the best reading year of my life because it was, I, I wasn't stressed out about anything. Um, I didn't feel pressure to hit certain goals. And other years when I set number goals, you know, in December, I'd be frantically reading things or like picking up short, but I wasn't picking up books that I wanted to read. I'd be like, Ooh, well I can read two of these short books and I'll get my goal. Or, and I, I was just like, it, I lost sight of why I was reading in the first place, which is something that I think grad school definitely does to people too. Uh, And like we said, you know, another big part of it is knowing what kind of person you are. If setting reading goals helps keep you motivated and you have fun with it, go for it. You know, there's some people who love doing that and they get a lot out of it and it's really enriching their reader life. But people like me uh, who don't need any more anxiety in their lives because they're a ball of hyper-organized type A anxiety, you know, 
don't worry about it. Just make sure whatever you're doing is making reading fun and not feel like homework. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really the big takeaway here. Yeah, it's also it's why like I feel like the one goal, one thing from our our 2021 2020 challenge that people really loved was the uh, was the stop reading a book, stop reading a book you don't like. And like I think that that was like. It was something that was like a relief for people, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people needed permission. So I just, again, make sure that you are, you're not turning reading, which should ultimately be about fun and and having and enjoying yourself into just another area of your life where you're stressed out. Because I think that's what makes a lot of people put down books or stop reading because it just becomes another area of guilt or like, oh God, you know, I have, I, I wanted to read two books a month and I'm behind. So now every time when you look at your, your TBR stack next to your bed, instead of being like, hooray, I'm going to read, it's, oh God, I'm behind Mm -hmm. and there's guilt and shame. And then it just sort of snowballs. So just, uh, just make sure that uh, you're, you're enjoying yourself and that your goals reflect that and help get you to that instead of because like if you read you re, you reach all your reader goals for the year but you didn't have fun with them and you were stressed <laughs> out about it what's the fucking point mm-hmm. uh so Bri, are you besides our challenge are you doing any other reading challenges no Mm-mm. <laughs> um uh just speaking of stressed out i mean i found that i i have done other ones in the past and i found that i got more stressed out about them uh because usually i'm trying to like finish stuff for reading glasses. I'm trying to do stuff for work. Um, and a lot of them have like, you know, so many books on them. So it's, and it, and it's interesting to read what the challenges are. Um, but no, I, I think, um, uh, I like ours. <laughs> <laughs> We're biased clearly, but um, we think ours is and, pretty good. And I do think that ours helps to diversify my reading. And I think weirdly, I mean, this only applies to me, uh, but doing this podcast helps diversify my reading. There are books that oh, like sure. the glassers are like, you got to read this. And I'm like, okay. And then they're fucking right every time. And then, and it, <laughs> it's like books that I wouldn't have normally picked up like red, white and Royal blue or something like that, you know? Um, and Uh, yeah. So I think like being, I think it's interesting for me because I think you, before we started the show, were probably much more part of the bookish community. And I was not, I kind of just like, I was a lone ranger, uh, reader (laughs) out on the prairie. Could someone please draw a picture of Bria as the lone ranger, but instead of a gun, you have like two books and holsters on your side. (laughs) I was out on the prairie all by myself. Um, uh, and now I'm like, oh, I have all these people that I follow that recommend books. And like, that is helpful to me. And it's like, I need less of like finding, I don't know, less of doing challenges. But um, yeah, what about you? Are you doing any other reader challenges? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Uh, but I do know a lot of listeners of the show check out uh, the Book Riot Challenge, the Pop Sugar Challenge, yeah. uh, the Professional Book Nerds Challenge. Uh, Adam and Jill put together a really good challenge for 2021. I like one of the things that I thought was really cool is that they have um, – reading a debut book that came out in 2020 oh, cool. as part of their challenge because so many obviously last year was like the worst possible uh, year in the history of years to, yeah. to debut a novel yeah uh, so that's really cool uh but i'm gonna say after reading the fucking bible for our own maximum fun drive awards i think i'm all set on challenges all right. for a while mm-hmm. uh, you can stay tuned uh, next week for that episode where we talk about that. Um, but uh, unless people have ideas for stuff for the 2021 Maximum Fun Drive, I will read whatever people want for that. But yeah, I think my 2021 reading life is going to be all about 
enjoying myself again. And I, I really am excited for our challenge. Um, but I think because it's shorter, there's only like five actual types of books that you have to read. Um, but I, I'm, at least for me, um, and I know that there's a lot of people that are have very different types of reading lives, but I want to get back to just not looking at reading as a to-do list or a job or any any kind of anything. Like I just want to have fun with it again. And that is my goal for 2021. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a reader problem, we're going to take a quick break. Hola, Bria. Como estas? Ah, bien, Mallory. <laughs> Como estas? Y tú? Ah, muy bien. And I'm, I am very good because Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Babbel. <laughs> so uh, Babbel is the number one selling language learning app, which is awesome. Unlike the infamously poor language classes we took in high school, uh, Babbel designs their 15-minute lessons with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things, you, things you'll things you get to use in everyday life. I know we're all still in lockdown right now here in California, but we're going to travel eventually someday, and you're going to need to to, to know another language. And you can learn from 14 different languages, including Spanish, like you just heard, French, Italian, and German. And their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There, you know, some uh, some language online language learning classes. You know, you're just reading text, but Babbel actually helps you pronounce it and and helps your accent. So it's not just reading and writing it; it's actually speaking it, which is awesome. And you know, we just started the new year. There's a lot of folks who have new resolutions. They maybe want to want to start a new hobby, start a new language. This is the best way to do it in your own home on your phone. It is so easy. It is so well put together. And right now, when you purchase a three month subscription, you get an additional three months for free. That takes you halfway through the year. That's six months for the price of three. So just go to babbel.com and use promo code glasses. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code glasses for an extra three months free. That's amazing. If you are starting the new year and you want to learn a new language, this is the uh, program for you. So that's babbel.com code glasses. 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 Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely, and yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know.
Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Trevor asks, my question is on the balance of purchasing a book versus borrowing it from the library. I love to collect books, but your podcast actually convinced me to sign up for a library card. Hooray. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. That is welcome to the lovely world of the library. Uh, And I wanted to know how you find a balance between borrowing and buying. Bria, what should Trevor do? I love love this for the beginning of 2021. It's like a change it. You're thinking about your finances. You're thinking about your year. Um, I'm the wrong person to ask. Because uh, <laughs> I get like 95% of my books from the library. Like, I don't care if I own books. Um, I only buy something if it's something I know I'm going to need again. Uh, and I don't often reread, so I rarely think I will. I did recently buy Parable of the Sower. Um, I bought Parable of the Sower and then mostly listened to it or um, uh, uh, read it on my Kindle. <laughs> But I bought the physical book because I was like, I'm going to read this again at some point. I may as well buy it and I should, you know, support some bookstores. Um, If it's a book I know I'm going to love, I pre-ordered Johnny Sun's new book. So that made sense for me because I'm like, I know I'm going to like this book. I know it's probably going to have some pictures or something in it. Uh, So I may as well own the physical copy. Um, But yeah, if if I can get a book digitally from the library, I'll get it faster. I'll get it that way because I know I'll read it faster than if I get a physical copy. Physical copies sit around my house and then I look at them and I'm like, but I have stuff on my Kindle. And and there is, people talk about this on, uh, Glassers talk about this, but there's a, um, there's like the time crunch on the, on the, on the library ebooks is like, oh, I have to read this next whereas this physical book's not going anywhere. But, um, okay, so for Trevor, I would say, um, Think about the books you are just trying out versus those you think you're going to love. So if it's an author you already love, something's been recommended like a million times for you, um, it's a book you already read and you're going to reread multiple times, it's probably worth buying unless you're cheap like me and you just get your stuff in the library. Um, if it's something you might never get to, you're you're getting it because you're like, I don't know, like, will I actually like this? It might be worth getting it from the library just to, like, test the waters, you know? Um, so I think that that's just the way to look at it. Like, at, I think at first, especially, just get a couple books from the library that you, like, might not get or you're not sure if you want to get just to see and you'll be figure out if you actually like how you use the library and how it works best for you. Like, what is your library experience? Um mm-hmm. What is your library experience? Uh, but but yeah, I think that like knowing the books that you're going to love, like if this is in your wheelhouse 100% versus one that you're like, ah, this was recommended to me on, you know, some random website and I think I might like it. Like that's that's definitely a library book. Uh, what about you, Mallory? You, you do, you buy way more books than I do. I do. And I have a pretty intricate system with the library. Um, and, but I will say, I think I saved a lot of money last year mm. from think, thanks to the library. Um, so I get a book from the library, usually if it's an author I am unfamiliar with. Like you said, like it's a book that I'm interested in and it sounds wicked good, but I've never read the author before. So I don't want to shell out the $30 for the hardcover just in case it isn't good. I think I texted you. I went um, to buy some books from I meant to pick up my like an online order from Skylight Books uh, our my beloved local indie and I bought two this is obviously not Skylight's fault but I bought two hardcovers and it was like almost $70. Yeah, wow. I think the new Obama memoir and hardcover is like $45. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just a lot of money. Um, and so it's, that's a lot of money to spend on something that you might not like. <laughs> so, um, I, that, if it, if it's, if it's that kind of case, I will get it from the library and I'll, then I'll have no guilt. And what I found that I really, really like is that it's easier for me to put down a library book that um like if i'm not enjoying it because i don't have that like oh god i just spent like yeah. 30 dollars on this thing i have to get my my money's worth out of it um but it's if it's a debut author um that i know i really want to support or it's like you know and we see a, a lot of glassers talking about this too in the slack channel you know if it's a wicked buzzy author and i know it's going to take six months for me to get it from the library i'll buy it um because you know it's it's important to support debut authors there's a uh, an author i know sarah hollowell whose debut ya book comes out this year and i know i want to support her so i'll be i'll be pre-ordering that um and and Basically, if, if I know what I'm getting myself into, uh, if I know that I love the author or I know that I love the writing, I'll, I'll pre-order it or I'll buy it. But if it's something, like you said, I think the library is great for trying out new genres, new authors, something that looks interesting to you, um, but you're not sure if you want to spend all the money on it. Uh, that's that's, And I also get a lot of audiobooks from the library as well. So uh, like Bria said, Trevor, I think it's great to figure out your own library reading life, figure out how using the library fits in for you, whether it's getting, putting uh, hardcovers on there or audiobooks or, or ebooks or what, but uh, figure out what, how, what your reading life looks like and how the library can help you do that. So it's time to answer a recommendation request from Leela. Leela says, I wanted to reach out to ask about recommendations to diversify a few specific areas of my wheelhouse, namely microhistories, medical intrigues, popular science, and true crime. And this is good because we, a microhistory is on oh, our yeah. 2021 Reading Glasses mm-hmm. Challenge. Um, so Leela says, looking at what I have read so far this year, I feel like I have kept up my dedication to reading diversely when it comes to fiction and political historical nonfiction, but the aforementioned genres are still overwhelmingly white and male when I look at my bookshelves. I want BIPOC perspectives for all the nonfiction I read, not just the political books. My very eclectic wheelhouse includes political sci-fi dystopias, uh, off-kilter short story collections, mythology-inspired fantasy, introspective women, lyrical prose, graphic novels with pretty pictures, feminist essays, space race histories, revolutions, and the aforementioned micro-histories, medical intrigues, popular science, and true crime. Lot of stuff to work with. Bria, mm-hmm. what should Leela read? Well, you know, I have a lot of things in the sci-fi area, but since Leela was was specific to the other categories, um, I have a recommendation there. But first, we had a qu- another question kind of recently, somewhat similar, and Christina in the Slack um, made some recommendations I wanted to share from a line called Revision... Re- Revisioning histories that includes, um, it's a line through, I think, Penguin, Penguin Random House called like a black woman's history of the United States, indigenous people's history of the United States, et cetera. Um, and so those are good places to start with like those history, um, micro history kind of books. Um, so shout out to Christina. Um, but one book I read recently was a, a micro history which get ready for some puns, uh, called I Contain Multitudes, The Microbes Within Us and a Grander (laughs) View of Life. It's a micro history of microbes. And it's uh, by an author, Ed Young. Um, (laughs) So it's it's how small can you get? Micro history. (laughs) Microbes. Um, I really liked this book. It would only be, it would be perfect if it was a really tiny book. Like, I know you love a tiny book too. Yeah, just like a really small book. You love tiny food. Tiny book. True. <laughs> tiny book, tiny book. 
Brianna it just is living out her dream of being Polly Pocket. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> what a dream. I, I actually really liked Polly Pocket as a kid. Um, and of I love little <laughs> tiny plastic animals. Those were like my favorite things when I was a kid. I also, <laughs> I'm also working, I've been making miniatures in my spare time. So like that is another weird Oh, you better talk to Jeremy about, about that. He loses mine. Oh, that's very funny. Um, anyway, so that's my suggested suggestion uh, from a person of color. Um, uh, but also it's kind of an interesting read right now since we're all talking about like um, – uh, you know, bodies and disease and stuff like that. Um, I read this pre-pandemic, um, and it's it's it talks a lot about like the microbes in your gut and stuff like that, which affect your brain. It is such a wild microbes are wild. Um, and it, I I really enjoyed this one. Uh, what's your recommendation for Leela? Uh, so my recommendation for this is The Emperor of All Maladies by Siddhartha oh, yeah. Mukherjee, mm-hmm. uh, who's an Indian-born doctor, and it is a microhistory of cancer. And it's interesting because it's written like a biography of cancer, uh, and it is a honker warning. Like, this is a huge fucking book, uh, but it won the Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction, so you know it's worth it. And it hits medical intrigue, science, and microhistory, f- ticks all those boxes. And what's cool about it, it's a blend of, like, the history of cancer treatment and research all the way from ancient Egypt up until the early 2000s, which is when the book came out but it's also the author's experience as a cancer doctor so it's just like it's almost like a it's a big micro history which sounds like an oxymoron but it is it's a big uh history of this one particular thing from all these different angles and it is it's really it, it doesn't seem like it'd be a book that's very compelling but it is uh so that is the emperor of all maladies by siddhartha Mukherjee. Uh, mine is I Can Tame Multitudes by Ed Young. So you can send your recommendation request to re- uh, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want us to solve your reader problem, answer your recommendation request, send us book tech, that's the place to send it. We will test it out. We'll answer your questions. We're always taking new ideas for episodes and reader problems. Uh, and as always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group. I actually think they're looking for new moderators for the Facebook group. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. Uh, and also Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. And remember, if you want reading glasses to bags and stickers and shirts uh go to the maximum fun store there's a link in the show notes and if you like the show and you want to do something nice for us to start out the new year rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us really easy for you to do it helps us reach more listeners helps us look very fancy you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter uh reading g podcast on our new revised uh more active instagram account at reading glasses podcast and thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading, reading.